Looking in the mirror is important. Would you agree? Pretty important. Uh, We all probably did it today. I know I did because I want to make sure I don't have anything messed up here and here uh, because that can easily happen. And speaking of that, when I was in second grade, that's traumatic, I actually put my clothes over my pajamas did not realize it until I got to school, and it was like one of those nightmares you have when you, you maybe realize you're not wearing any clothes, but I put my clothes over my clothes, and, and I, as a second grader, I was extremely insecure walking around going, ah, oh, my PJ's on under my clothes. That was a bad move, and I wish I'd looked in the mirror that day. Some of you guys, you might be able to relate. When you don't look in the mirror, bad things can happen. There was another time when I was past college, and I was going to speak to a group of high school students, which it's important when you speak to a group of high school students to be looking okay because they judge you. I mean, they just do. And I mean, everybody judges you, but they, they really, they kind of hold you to a high standard. And so I'm going to speak to a fellowship of Christian athletes. It's about two to 300 students, somewhere in that range. And I show up and my shirt is on backwards inside out. <laughs> my wife, who I was uh, dating at the time, happened to be there and she saw me first Hey, God. And she said, your shirt. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was on it inside out. And it's backwards. And it was a collar. I drove like 40 minutes to this place and didn't even realize it. Looking in the mirror is important. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, it is important. And and see, one of the things that I I really don't do that often is sometimes I take a a picture in the mirror. These bathroom selfies, I think they're kind of weird, sometimes creepy. But occasionally, if I find the right picture, you just got to take it, right? So I don't want to shock any of y'all, but I'm going to show you my favorite bathroom selfie of all time. Check this out right now. Yep. There you go. That's my cat in the mirror. All right. And if you look at all angles, you get all kinds of looks because in our bathroom, when we bought this house, they gave us 360 degree mirrors in the bathroom. And that's a load of fun. Um, But anyway, I digress a little bit. Uh, she actually posed for me. And this is like a meme coming into Monday. You know what I'm saying? But cat in the mirror, that's what I got for you right there. We'll come back to this idea of the mirror because that's gonna be important for where we're going today. But if you haven't been with us for the previous three weeks of the Don't Judge Me series, I wanna try to help you get up to speed. All these messages are online if you wanna go back and watch them. But week one, we talked about how everybody judges. And there's a right way and there's a wrong way. And so we talked about the filter of asking four important questions when it comes to judging. Go back and watch a great message if you hadn't seen it. And then week two, we talked about how we all get judged, right? We all get judged. But we're not limited by any label that someone puts on us. And then week three, we talked about how God is ultimately the judge. And he is both loving and just, which means that we are acceptable and accountable to him. Uh, Jonathan said it this way, to live aware, you must prepare because what you do matters. And so I was thinking about this and kind of where we're going into today. And I was thinking about how easy it is to judge people, especially when we drive. Am I right? Yup. Now, I also find that it's easy to, uh, to, to judge other people very harshly. And I've said some pretty terrible things behind the wheel of a car. Um, I know that disappoints you being your pastor, but um, 
I've said some things I'm not proud of. And a lot of it happened like pre-Jesus, but there's been some things even after Jesus. So I'm like, oh, that's bad. Or, or I've made some hand motions, you know, you know, <laughs> you feel me, you feel me. Because some of you, you've been there. Yeah, don't judge me. And, and so we understand this whole tension when it comes to driving. And about three, five years ago when I was a teenager, um, I was driving down the road, and that's not funny. I was driving down the road, and I had my friend Greg in the passenger seat with me, and we, we like to go fast. You understand that. If you're driving and you're you know, below the age of 20, you understand you like to go fast. And so we're driving, and we get behind a guy, and if, if he had the audacity to go the speed limit. And so we were tailgating him, deciding, hey, we're going to teach this guy a lesson. We'll tailgate him. Well, that didn't work out so well because he decided to give us the old brake tap. You, know, you ever done that before? No, I have. Give him a brake. I'll show them. He's teaching us a lesson. Well, we started pointing at him and yelling at him. Yeah, you're number one. Yeah. And we're giving it to him. And he starts giving it to us in the rear view mirror. And, and so it's going kind of back and forth. And then he points to the side of the road. You know it's about to get real, right? So we're, my, friend, my friend Greg, he was like, dude, let's pull over. Well, it's two of us, one of him. We'll, tell, we'll, we'll show him. We'll teach this guy a lesson. So we pull over behind him into an alley. <laughs> we think we're going to be doing something. And I'm not kidding you. This homicidal maniac comes out of the other car, with eyes bulging out of his head, swinging nunchucks. And Greg says, hit the gas, hit the gas. <laughs> and and the, uh, confident... Uh, People we are, we just took off and got away, <laughs> so we didn't die. Uh, driving uh, can create some crazy situations when it comes to judging. And speaking of that, all state insurance a few years ago, they did a, a survey, did some research of drivers to see how drivers judge themselves and perceive themselves and how they judge others and how they see others. And they came up with this, this idea that when it comes to judging themselves, drivers tend to judge themselves by their intentions. You know, like, for instance, if I'm at a Panthers game and, and people want to merge into traffic or get out of a parking lot, I, I will let them out if I'm not in a rush because my intentions are good. Now, I may not always let them out, but I'll let them out. But we judge other drivers by their actions, what they actually do. And so if they don't let me out, they're rude. And that's what Allstate came up with. And so they concluded their research with this statement. Intentions, no matter how noble, don't make a difference until they are put into action. We want people to judge us by our intentions. All of us do. But reality is, we don't do that. We judge people by their actions. And when we start thinking about the messes around us, we think about the professional messes that we see in some of our colleagues' lives. When we think about the, the relational messes we see in some of our neighbors, when we think about the financial messes around us, the academic messes, if you're in middle school, high school, or college, man, sometimes it's so easy just to point that finger and to scrutinize their life and say, you're so messed up because it makes us feel better about ourselves. And that's kind of uncomfortable to say out loud, but it's true. And here's the thing that's, that, that, if I want to bottom line this idea, if we're being honest, we got our hands full with us. See, we have our own messes. We start looking around our family, 
both what, who's in our home and our extended family. Usually when we go beyond the, you know, into the extended family, we go, oh, I know all kinds of messes. My mother-in-law, my brother-in-law, you can just, I'm right there with you. We got all kinds of messes in our own lives. We got our hands full professionally, financially, academically, social media. I mean, we see a lot there, right? Some people, we just need to take it away, but we can't. It's just reality. We got our hands full with us. So what do we do? What do we do with the fact that we have our hands full with us when it comes to judging others because it comes so easily? And one of the things I love about Jesus is Jesus takes some of the most messed up people and does amazing things in their lives. Going back to when he was walking around the earth 2,000 years ago, he, he, he gathered a group of followers and they were messed up they had messy lives. And one of them was named Matthew. And Matthew was a tax collector and he stole from his own people. Matthew was despised by his own people. He was judged harshly. And Jesus says, I wanna pick you for my team. And he brings him in and he begins to show him a different way. And then Jesus chose Matthew to write one of the books in the Bible about Jesus' story. And so this morning, we're gonna look at some of the words that Jesus wrote or that Matthew wrote about Jesus's life. And we're gonna be kind of picking up where we were week one in Matthew chapter seven, verse three. So check this out. Jesus says, when it comes to judgment, why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? Why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? It's like the little crumble from your muffin or your bagel or whatever you ate this morning. It's small, it's minuscule. You drop it on the floor, the dog looks it up really fast, you never knew it was there. It's like, it's tiny, but it's in your brother's eye, the mess, the speck, the mess that's in your brother or sister's eye. Why do you worry about that when you got a log hanging out of your own eye, your big old mess, and it's bopping people in the face, it's so big, and it's like, whoa, Jesus, like, slow down. You need to take a look inside instead of outside. And then he continues in verse four. How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? And what he's saying is, when you're so blinded by this, you can't see this. When you're blinded by this, you can't help other people because you're blind to what your messes are. And oftentimes we turn to blind eye to them because we don't want to deal with them. We just rather look at other people's. And then he concludes with this really harsh word that we don't like people to say about us or to us. We probably want to fight them. He says in verse five, hypocrite. Oh, I mean, thinking about this, Jesus is teaching on a mountainside and I'm, all these people are there and he says, when you do this, you're a hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Why? So you can see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. And there, there are two visuals I want to throw out this morning that I think really capture the idea of what we're talking about here. And it's the magnifying glass and it's the mirror. The magnifying glass and the mirror. And our tendency, our natural tendency, Jesus knows this. This is why he, he had this recorded by Matthew in the sermon. He knows that our natural tendency is to look 
at other people. And this is goofy. But to look at other people and to scrutinize their life and to scrutinize their problem and to say, you're a mess! It makes us feel better about ourselves. But Jesus says, hey, instead of doing that, drop the magnifying glass, pick up the mirror, take a look at the man or woman in the mirror. And by doing that, you can begin to take the next steps in helping other people deal with their own mess. And there are three benefits to this that I want to mention to you this morning. The first one is when you, when you drop the magnifying glass and you pick up the mirror, you grow in self-awareness. You actually see more clearly. Because none of us would walk, walk around saying, hey, I, I, I don't really want to see what's wrong in my life. Most of us don't want to be unaware because when we are, guess what? People talk about you. And they make TV shows about bosses and people laugh about them because they're so unaware. And one of the worst things and one of the, the biggest tragedies I often see is people choose to turn a blind eye and become self-aware. But you can grow in self-awareness when you drop this and you pick this up. The second benefit is it leaves less time for you to focus on judging others. Your energy, your efforts move from judging others to actually helping others. Doesn't that sound so much better? And then the third benefit is it leaves others with less material with which to focus on judging you. I love that idea. I mean, we all get judged enough, right? I don't need any more labels stuck on me. And I know I'm not limited by a label, but I don't, I don't need that. Now, speaking of that, sometimes as a dad, I can be kind of tough uh, on, on my kids. And I'm, I'm kind of a Nazi when it comes to cleaning up around the house. Some of you, you know that. Uh, a week ago, Jonathan talked about this in his message. He said, you know, your mom, you know, she goes around and she holds you accountable to cleaning up your room. And he kind of keeps talking about this point last week. Uh, well, my boys, I'm sitting next to my boys in the service, are 17 and 15, and they look at me without missing a beat, and they say, you are mom. <laughs> Ouch. Don't judge me. And then a few moments, my 13-year-old daughter, I saw her, I was walking somewhere in the room during the, the message, and she, she tapped me on the shoulder. She was like, it's like, what in the world? What the heck? That's so harsh. But really, it was true. And there are times where I know the accountability is needed, but there are other times where it's like, you know what? I need to, I need to back it up a little bit. I need to drop the magnifying glass. I need to pick up the mirror. It's a challenge for me. As we move forward with, with our time here this morning, I want to give you some practical ways that you can put this into action. Some practical steps you can take this morning and dropping the magnifying glass and picking up the mirror. And Matthew wrote a few more words that I think will be relevant to us as we take those next steps. And Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, he says this, Jesus says this to his disciples. If you wanna be my follower, you must give up your own way. In other words, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Now, taking up your cross, what was Jesus' Jesus's cross? That was to die for the world. 
That's not your cross. That was his to bear. But we all have one. And he bore it on our behalf. And he's calling us to be his follower, to bear something on behalf of someone else, to say yes to sharing the love, his love, with other people by taking up our cross and following him. And then he goes on to say, if you try to hang on, and I can just imagine you know, just that death grip. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And he's saying it's not intuitive to give up your life. It's not intuitive to follow Jesus. But when you do, it's the best thing that you could ever, best decision you could ever make. It frees you up. But he knows intuitively we want to hang on because we think our way is the best way. And I know intuitively for myself, I oftentimes think my way is the best way. And what I realize is as I give my life away more and more, I have more freedom. When I share the love of Jesus with other people more and more, I have more freedom. It is the antidote to judging to serve others and to put them before me. To get to where we are today, there were a group of about 120 people who said, you know what? We, we think it's great that we have a summit church in Kernersville, but instead of building a, a bigger building, we're gonna launch other locations and churches in the triad. And so five years ago, we, we launched Oak Ridge, and we've seen God do amazing things in our Oak Ridge location. And then two years ago, 120 people gathered and got us started here in Jamestown. And they, they, they denied themselves, they took up their cross, and they followed Jesus to start here in Ragsdale High School in Jamestown to reach Greensboro, High Point, Thomasville, and the surrounding areas. And I wanna say, if you were part of that 120, would you, would you do me a favor right now and just stand up just so we can acknowledge you? If you're part of that 120 that came out here. We, we had a good number in the last service. Okay, now, thank you. Let's clap for them. Stay, stay standing, stay standing. As you look around, and at the last service, this was definitely true, it was probably about the same percentage. Most of the people were sitting. You guys had been part of doing something beyond yourselves, giving up time and energy to go and reach people with the love of Jesus. You said yes, and I wanna say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. We're not done yet, y'all can be seated. We're not done yet. We wanna, we, wanna, we wanna keep reaching into the triad and beyond. And the way, only way that's gonna happen is for people to say yes to sharing the love of Jesus. And so as you walked in this morning, you may have noticed there were some pallets in the hallway, pallets that represented our uh, six, six of our ministries that meet here on Sunday morning. One of them is, is our setup and teardown team. One is guest services. One is the peak, our preschool ministry. One is our kids' event ministry. One is our impact ministry to, to teenagers. And then our tech ministry that creates all the production that we experience here on Sunday mornings. And we know for us to get the next level, to judge less, to serve more, to, to elevate Jesus, and to see him do amazing things in us and through us, it's gonna require you saying yes to sharing his love. As some of you, you're feeling something today and you wanna leave a better legacy than what you've left up to this point. And so you're gonna take a next step. You're gonna go down that hallway. You're gonna take one of the information cards we give you at the end of this service. You're gonna walk down that hallway and you're gonna to talk to somebody and take that next step. Some of you are still kind of on the fence of what 
what you may need to do as far as taking the next step to, to saying yes to sharing the love of Jesus. I wanna spend just these closing moments talking about legacy. I did a funeral for a man three weeks ago. I didn't know him personally. I, I didn't know his daughter, and she contacted me and said, hey, Brian, would you, would you do my dad's funeral? We, we don't have a pastor to do it, and I, I'd love for you to do it. I agreed to do it. So I started asking her about her father, and I said, what are words you would use to describe your dad? And she paused, and she ended up coming up with one word that was positive. And I said, well, what, are there any other words? She looked at me, or we were actually talking on the phone. She said, no. I don't have anything else to say. And I thought, if that were me, and that were my daughter, I'd be devastated. That's not the legacy I want to leave. I want to leave a legacy where my daughter can say, my dad said yes to sharing the love, and because of it, because he gave his life away, there are many people who were saved as a result of it. And we see a contrast to this with Billy Graham. We saw uh, people all throughout social media posting about Billy Graham from our lovely state, known as America's pastor. USA Today had him on the front page. Talk about a legacy and an impact. And I feel like this morning it would be appropriate for us to pay a little tribute to that legacy by showing you this one-minute video uh, as a tribute to Billy Graham. Check this out. That day's gonna come for all of us where one of our family members or friends will sit down with a pastor and that pastor will be asking about your life and your legacy. What words do you want them to say about you? What you say yes to will go a long ways for determining what is actually said about you and the legacy you leave, not only for your family, but for generations to come. The impact is exponential. We move toward dropping the magnifying glass, picking up the mirror, saying, I know a mess when I see one because I am one, and choosing to give up our way, take up our cross, and follow Jesus. If you wanna make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you for an opportunity to talk about things that matter. And I pray for these men, these women, these teenagers. I pray, God, that their hearts, their minds, their wills will be engaged to wanna take a, a step toward you, take a step toward saying yes to sharing the love of Jesus and watching 
you do amazing things through them. We thank you, Jesus, for sharing your love with us by giving your life for ours. And so we look forward to what you're gonna do with today. It's in your name we pray, amen.